0: We're putting the band back together.
1: From the Twisted Minds, we brought you the original Fanball. We had a fan power with our goat piss in the gas This is the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb. Surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree
0: with you. And welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. Our sixth episode. It's been a few weeks. We moved offices, we built a new studio, we now have Jay Clemens in studio with john tubby how you doing jay
2: that is correct yes i i am here uh no one told me to move to minnesota i actually live in uh wisconsin and, and do the trek over every day but it, yeah it's it's fine you know how you doing
1: I'm, john i'm doing well and uh and we're glad that uh, we we do have our new digs and uh, we're getting settled in and, and getting back in the uh in the podcast saddle
0: you don't really live in wisconsin no, do you? <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. that is one heck of a trek. no no
2: actually uh no but uh I will say this about the studio. The this is the best podcast studio I've ever had for an in-house company, and I've worked some for some blue chip companies. This is the best podcast room we've ever had, so I'm I'm very encouraged. I think it's
0: it's gonna get better too. Yeah, it's we're good. we're
1: excited about it. We you know got a little decorating to do yet, but yeah, uh, got you know, The some shipment jerseys. from IKEA is
0: coming in, so oh boy, let's <laughs> let's not do that. That's... I went to
2: I, my parents were in town last week. I know we got stuff to talk about, but we went to IKEA, and I haven't been to an IKEA in like ten years. I forget. People treat it like as if they're going to watch a rock
0: band. It's furniture. And yet, people are
2: super excited when they're running around and
0: it it's crazy. It's Swedish furniture. It's special. I think they're there for the meatballs. <laughs> Maybe it is the furniture. I don't know. Anyway, we got some news and notes to talk about. We got we got to update you on some things that have happened recently. This morning, I believe, Martavis Bryant was reinstated to start practicing and playing in preseason games. He's not fully reinstated yet, but the steps are in place. It looks like he's going to be back. How do you feel now, Jay? We talked about this yesterday. We talked about this yesterday with Paul Charchian. I got to imagine you're a little more optimistic today.
2: Uh, I feel better. I mean, I I wasn't worried that he wouldn't be playing. So I I, I didn't adjust to my rankings. And as we said on uh, Charch's podcast, he's at 40 right now. It's a placeholder thing. Obviously, I think he's better there there aren't thirty nine better PPR t- targets than him. Uh, that you know he said what fourteen touchdowns the last two two years that he's played actually well without it actually kicking in. I did the math the other day of his last what nine outings he's had double digit touches or targets. Uh, you know uh, what six times during that period. So you know if you think about that uh, nine catch. 15 target 154 yard game he had against the Broncos in the playoffs there are there's no way there are 39 better receivers than him so he will certainly be moving up as we
1: go along i always viewed the
2: 40 spot as kind of a placeholder though okay john are you
0: more optimistic where do you have him ranked now did anything change for you
1: i'm definitely more optimistic i was beating him up uh, in part because it's you know, i'm old and, and my my memory's going so it's been a while since uh, since i've seen him play and you know, looking back at some of the numbers He's played 21 career games, and his stats in those 21 games are roughly the same as what T.Y. Hilton has done the last 21 games. And I've got T.Y. Hilton, even with uh, Andrew Luck, you know, potentially injured and not starting the season, uh, in my top 10. And I, I'm trying to find where I've got Bryant. I think I've got him down in in the 30s. So, yeah, uh, he's going to be moving up the closer we get, and the more it looks like he's going to play. But uh, you know, maybe it's one of those. Uh, uh, fool me once shame on me that sort of thing because uh, as a dynasty owner i i've run the gamut on receivers i i had a, a lot invested in justin blackman at one point i had some yeah. josh gordon i mean i had martavis sure. bryant i had aaron Hernandez. i mean if a guy has been in trouble in the nfl he's he's been on my roster and uh you know, so I'm a little more gun-shy about maybe that's a bad choice. Do you concern. remember when Lawrence Phillips
2: uh, <laughs> got out of jail after being drafted by the Rams? Yeah. And uh, Dick Vermeil was there to you know, to, to bail him out and give him a big hug for everything? That's how I defended Justin Blackman. Even when he was going through his problems initially, whenever I would do radio interviews, I would tell people, you know, this is the week he gets 15 targets. If he can just get clean, the guy's going to be amazing. I'm that Dick Vermeil character where I was there to bail him out basically because I just kept making excuses because of his talent. So I can definitely understand that.
1: Yeah, and, and that talent is obvious, and, and you know, thirty nine is definitely beating him up. He's definitely if I'm picking him as the 39th receiver off the board, he's gone ten to fifteen receivers before a, a, that decision comes to me. So I'm going to have to be moving him up a little bit. And things Easily. can
2: change, obviously, for me. But you're right. If if I have him at forty, I don't live in any delusional world that I'll get him. Um, you know, you, you, you. I don't have the ADMP in front of me, but th- he's probably in a PPR, standard, yep. in the standard scoring, touchdown heavy, PPR, whatever. He, he's not getting past round five. It's right. It's that simple.
0: And, and it's because of guys like me. Do, <laughs> do you guys want to guess where I had him ranked before this morning, before even last week? I've had him ranked this way for a month. Uh, you probably got him, I'm going to guess, mid-20s.
2: Okay. Uh, since you're hyping it up like this, I have... <laughs> Doug Baldwin, what, at 19? Keenan Allen at 18? Something tells me that you have uh, Martavis ahead of Allen, Baldwin, and maybe even Demarius Thomas and J- J- Jarvis Landry. So I'll say 18 right now.
0: I have him at 19. Wow, okay. I have him right in the range of a lot of the guys you said. I have Baldwin yeah. higher, but, yeah, in the range of the it, guys you said. Here's
2: the, only, the one thing that Bryant can potentially take away. Is or or detract from him is Pittsburgh in my mind has the best core of receivers like from one through six the mm-hmm. Giants if you include Evan Ingram in the mix I think the Giants one through four probably have the best pass catching receivers but then you throw in Le'Veon Bell and you know Juju Smith Schuster and people like that I just don't know if Brian's going to have another nine games where he has six games of double digit targets. I just yeah, don't know if that's going to happen. Optimistic. So yeah, I'm I'm a little conservative, but even if even if he had a really good preseason game coming up, I would boost him up. But he, I don't think he would ever get past like twenty eight, twenty nine with me.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pure upside play. It's it's depending on how safe you like to be and how much you like risk an upside. All right, let's 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 move on to a whole lot of risk, which is the Seattle backfield, something we've talked about in this office quite a bit. We all have our guys we like. Bob Condotta reports, Thomas Rawls appears to be the clear number one back right now. I mean, there's the caveat that, you know, Lacey's still learning the offense. Maybe that's part of it. But uh, where do you stand on this backfield, John?
1: I'm starting to uh, join you on your side of the fence with C.J. Proseis Ooh. because he's right now the only back that has a clearly defined role. And that offense is transitioning, has transitioned, from being the Marshawn Lynch, uh, pound you between the tackles sort of offense to being more Russell Wilson-centric, which is one of the reasons why I'm a fan of Doug Baldwin. I'm a big fan of Jimmy Graham and why I'm coming around on C.J. Procise. I think it's become based in part because of how bad their offensive line is and because neither Thomas Rawls or Eddie Lacy – is a Marshawn Lynch type of back. So I'm not drafting either of those guys, Lacey or Rawls. I'm really not even paying that much attention to that battle because I'm all about C.J. Procise and getting him at a value, planning on him in a PPR scoring system, and knowing that if Rawls and or Lacey falter or gets hurt or doesn't meet the weight clause in their contract – there's a lot of upside for Prosize to be potentially the feature back as well.
0: Like you said about the defined role, that's the thing. I mean, he could have a few targets, a few rushes per game. Maybe he he maybe he won't be a superstar, but he can be explosive at times. But what if Lacey and Rawls just eat up all of each other's snaps and it's a split that makes it hard for fantasy? I don't know. What do you think, Jay?
2: Well, okay, it feels like I'm kind of echoing what I said on Church's podcast. This makes me feel good because, uh, as we talked about the other day, I right. felt horrible the fact that I had Lacey ahead of Procise and Rawls because if Procise doesn't break his, uh, his uh, foot last year, we're not having this conversation about Lacey being in the mix. If Rawls doesn't break his leg two years ago, uh, we're not we're probably not talking about Lacey as well. So I felt really bad that I had Lacey above the top 3 the other two guys because I view him as the clear number 3 guy. So now it feels like the balance has returned. Mm. I just readjusted my rankings that will probably come out Monday after the round of preseason games. Where Rawls is a little ahead of uh Prosize on the PPR scale, but at the same time, it's a placeholder ranking cuz if Prosize can demonstrate to me where he can be a guy that gets targeted uh, you know, receiving-wise, five or six times. That takes him above everybody else on a PPR scale. Yeah, right. the
1: floor on ProSize is like a Chris Thompson type of back. I mean, worst case, that's going to be his role in Seattle is as a pass-catching back that, like Jay said, could potentially get you five, six targets on a regular basis. The ceiling on him is, in addition to his third-down work, he can be a first- and second-down type of guy in that offense. And... You know, the ceiling on either Lacey or Rawls, whichever one they give that job to, is not 2014 Marshawn Lynch level. No, you know It's just no. not. So I don't want to pay that price or even a fraction of that price, but I'm willing to pay the discount price on CJ process.
2: Here's another thing that I thought Church kind of – just not he didn't dismiss it, but he kind of like, okay, well, we'll see how it goes. It, this is not the offensive line of four years ago no. when Lynch was averaging mm-hmm. 1,600 total yards and 12 touchdowns a year. This offensive line, I'm not an offensive line expert, but the way it's constructed, it seems like they're much better for for pass handling, for pass protection, or short passing game than they are for power running. So that gives Pro in my mind, a a little bit of an edge as well.
1: Right, and they they may be, I think, in my rankings, I've got the Seahawks and Bengals. uh, They're either... Bottom two or bottom, you know, two right? of the bottom three. Even um, the is,
2: Jets, like a, you know.
1: yeah, it's you know there's some bad offensive lines out there. And, and Seattle last year, I believe they spent a total of like six million dollars on their line, which was seven million less <sighs> wow. than any other team. Wow. And now they've bumped it up to sixteen million that they've spent. But like you said, it's not built to be a road greater offensive line. It's built to. You know, because they can't keep a guy, the defense out for long. It's built for a short passing attack. Yeah,
2: what, if you're an NFL coach, what's the quickest way to solve having a bad line? You know, bad in your your terms. Get the ball out of the quarterback's hands mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, everything the whole everything shifts towards pro size.
0: Yeah. That's those are some great points. And you could just put that yeah. question there so yeah. people would start talking <laughs> because you've been
1: on the Pro Size bandwagon for a you while. Know, a many, big we don't have poll
2: questions on our site yet, or you know, we can always add that. But man, think of the stuff we could have just from the sea the Seahawks backfield alone.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could fill a day with it. All right. Staying on the West Coast here. Mike Williams is back running. Um, he's not practicing, but he's running. <laughs> it's a positive it's sign, a I guess. I mean, it's it's better than what we've heard lately. I mean, uh, recent rumors were anything from out from the se- out for the season to that's that's fake news to <laughs> whatever. Uh, are you making anything of it, or do you want to see more, John? I would like to see more um you know i'm still i'm
1: wondering where he where he carves out his role uh, is he insurance for uh when not if keenan allen gets hurt Ooh. because I, i've got keenan <laughs> allen you know i'm bullish on keenan allen i've got oh, him at uh i believe i've got him at 14 13 something like that I, and that's that's counting on him to do something he hasn't been able to do, which is stay healthy and be that dominant receiver. But if you're counting on him for eight games, does Williams take his role, which is a ton of targets for the second half of the season? Is he healthy enough to do that? Does he um, take a bite out of what Terrell Williams did? You know, He's kind of a popular uh, wide receiver, what, maybe four, three or four. People look at his upside and what he did last year. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing more uh, Travis Benjamin. I think there's a role for him in that offense, but he's free money at the end of drafts. I think uh, the only ADP I could find on him was from MFL, and he was wide receiver 101. So, you know, like I said, he's, he's a lotto ticket at the end of the draft. I, I'm not quite ready. I don't think Williams has cracked my cheat sheet yet, the top, uh, what, 65 receivers we go. So maybe if he adds some catching or a route running, to his uh to the running that he's doing. Uh he'll he'll move up, but rookie receiver in a crowded situation, I, I'm just not quite ready to pull the trigger on him yet.
0: No, he would for me, I'm the same way. I like him, but he would need he would almost need an injury at this point. We we all have him just off of our cheat sheets.
1: Well look at the the guys around him in MF he's a in MFL he's a wide receiver fifty four would you rather have Kenny Britt? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sterling Shepard? Mm-hmm. Yes. Richard Matthews? Probably. Zay Jones, even with the Bolden signing? Probably. Yep. Mike Wallace? Absolutely. Kevin White? Well, now then we're probably getting into a gray area. But, you know, that's that's I'd the kind of company Emma he's White, keeping.
0: Think, but yeah, I'll say
2: two quick things on this. Uh, as somebody that's had back troubles, uh, these things, you have good days, you have bad days, things like that. I know they're pro athletes, and they have – you know, I used to work for the Lions – uh, I was amazed that, like, on Thursday, every Lions player gets, like, a deep tissue muscle massage. So, you know, they, they definitely get taken care of. But, you know, it's one of those things where he he's coming to a situation where there's no pressure on him to be good right away. Because if Tyrell Williams is anything close to what he had last year and Keenan Allen's healthy and Hunter Henry and, and all those guys are contributing, it might not matter. You know, we're not – I'm never bullish – Uh, to use a 2v term i'm never bullish on receivers in year one anyway uh williams last year what for october november seven game span where he averaged what five catches 80 yards and like 0.7 touchdowns a game and that includes a clunker of one catch and four yards so there's no need to really rush him back so uh you know i'm i don't really want mike williams if it if it's anything before round 10 11
0: or 12 right and uh, just, just for how bullish John is on Keenan Allen, he's got him at 15. It bearish
2: is bad, right? Bearish <laughs> is bad? Yes. Yeah, okay.
0: Okay. Uh, jo- John Toovey has Keenan Allen at 15. I have him at 14. Jay has him at 18. And Terrell, Tyrell Williams, Toovey has at 42. I have 38. Jay has 37. Yeah, I
2: guarantee you I have the highest. I, I No one...
0: Uh, it's only one spot but of I love me. Tyrell. Yeah. Tyrell the gazelle. I, 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 I made him.
1: a mint on him last year so uh, I'm not anti him just because I've got him at 42. So
0: if if we find out Mike Williams is is definitely out for the season are you moving Tyrell up or is that assuming Mike if he's Williams running is running
2: now what are the chances of him you know I don't I, I've I'm, never had he an might epidural you know? but they, that was the rumors that he that if he had an epidural then he was done for the season. Well, if you're running around chances are you're probably not in that epidural stage. Although I've never had one, have no idea what the, the kind of pain that is.
1: You didn't have one for either of your pregnancies? No, no. no. All right. <laughs> I'm childless. Dude. All
0: right. All right. Let's, let's move on to our next topic that is, uh, comes basically from last night's game. Alfred Blue came in after Lamar Miller. He played as the backup. He was Lamar Miller's backup last year. Deonta Foreman came in after him do you think blue is the backup to own or do you think foreman's going to take that job
1: well you've got bill o'brien who's from the bill belichick school of depth chart management which means the (laughs) the rookie starts at the bottom especially when the rookie shows up out of shape shows up overweight uh shows up with uh you know just skirting some what gun and and uh, drug charges didn't he uh he, yep. he had something that, uh, that was yeah, messing he had around a, off the field.
0: He had a licensed handgun that was secured in his car, and there was marijuana, but it was not his, okay, I yeah. believed, and but, not on his person. Right, and the league
1: doesn't doesn't like that sort of publicity, and right. Bill, uh, Bill O'Brien doesn't like that sort of uh, notoriety for his team. So I think all that took a bite. And it, probably what was more disconcerting uh, for anybody who's interested in, in Foreman as a fantasy Uh, entity this this season he did have the nice 41 yard run but he had the run where it was what third and one he bounced it outside and then he didn't he didn't lower his shoulder he didn't you know he didn't pick up that yard if you're a big back that's a yard you got to get if he wants to carve out a role in this offense that's a yard he's got to get yeah I know it's the preseason and it's one play but I'm sure that the uh the coaches took note of that if they're uh, looking for a backup to Miller, I think for at least the start of the season, you go with the veteran that you know what he gives you, and, and Foreman is not going to carve out that that chunk of playing time that we maybe thought he was going to earlier in the preseason.
0: One question about the, the few plays he had last night. Does fan ball scoring give extra points for hurdling players?
1: I think we should. I'd like to see a five point bonus. I would like we to take off it. points actually
2: for hurdling. <laughs> it, it it, like, there's no reason to do it, you know.
1: But we could make it a social media thing because um, uh, Lolo Jones, that's the hurdler, right? The the track hurdler, the Olympic track hurdler. She critiques like when Ezekiel Elliott hurdles a player she'll critique his form on twitter it, it's fabulous so if we <laughs> can get great. her to you know like there's five potential bonus points but you know if you, you use the wrong leg your your footings off and whatever you know <laughs> i think i think lolo we could get some sort of endorsement can we deal, get sports radar right? to track that absolutely oh, they're tracking everything they probably have like sensors on the knee and the ankle Do you know the angle <laughs> they do of, have sensors uh, of, on there yeah exactly so I, i'll look into it uh,
2: I'm just glad that I misread your podcast notes. I thought what we you were talking about is if Alfred Blue was some threat for Lamar Miller. Oh. We're talking about a guy <laughs> with thirteen hundred total yards, averages eight touchdowns. We have seen the Alfred Blue experiment, okay? Mm-hmm. Then if anyone listens now The Blue if, period, if is I what have, we like to call if it if I say your name in that experiment, it's not a good thing, okay? <laughs> the Niles Paul experiment. let we're 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 purging all these guys, okay? I'm done looking at Alfred Blue. I used to do a uh, a TV show every week where with arian foster and i think blue was on the roster at the time and arian was like oh this guy is pushing me he's going to be something i'm like okay arian wouldn't talk about a guy unless he you know he was confident we've seen the alfred blue experiment in all phases so uh in that case i wasn't a big foreman fan at texas because uh, i thought a lot of his yardages was where just you know when you have got you can drive a truck through a hole and stuff and like then that. breakaways yeah, but um I I definitely I me mean, call it whatever, but I want to give the rookies, especially in a backup role, I want to give them every chance to unseat the guy that we've already seen, like his physical ceiling. So uh, in this case, I'd go for him.
1: Any chance that that TV show is called the Jake Clemens Experiment? No, I, okay. I, just a I did write just down. One. I have to. I have to go look
0: to <laughs> see if I can find show. some you know, clips of funny. that show. I, uh,
2: <laughs> I think our show was called. It was for Bleacher Report. It was your fantasy, our reality. It was something like that. I can't remember. It might have been. Why we didn't call it the Arian Foster show, I don't know. But, uh, you know, that would
1: have... That's probably why it's still not on it. Did did you bow to each other at the end of the show? You needed some production help. I think I found the issue right here.
2: We had him on a TV screen every week. And it just made me laugh. Like, he would wear a (laughs) Bleacher Report sweatshirt every week. And I'm like... I don't even wear Bleacher Report stuff. Like, this tells me that someone, like an agent, literally handed him the shirt before the show, and right. then he just put it on and did it. You know, that kind of thing.
0: You know? <laughs> and then you got mad at your bosses for not buying you. No, so- actually,
2: uh, I will say this. Like, every company I've ever worked for, you always get, like, a t shirt that you can sleep in. The Bleacher Report shirt stands above them all as, uh, as the greatest sleep comfort. shirt of all time.
0: You know? Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm uh, I'm probably in the boat where I think Blue could start the season that way, but he's not going to hold that role. I can't imagine well, let, he'll hold
2: that role. I don't know what Blue's uh, cap number is, but let, let's consider that too. It, coaches, like if it's between a rookie that you like and a guy who's like say Blue's on the verge of being a free agent next year. You know how you know how this is going to end. So that that's the reality as well.
1: Uh, the disappointing thing would be is if Blue got kicked to the curb because, as an as a old school fan, any chance you have to write, you're my boy Blue, I mean, I'm all exactly. in favor
0: of it. This is Alfred Blue's contract year. So,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of contracts, what a segue there that is. Nice. Well played. <laughs> the Falcons signed running back Devonta Freeman to a five year, $41.25 million extension through 2022. So, John, do you think this means anything for Tevin Coleman? Are they going to try to re-sign him next year? That's
1: exactly where, where my mind went. Was, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great deal for Foreman. What does it mean for Tevin Coleman? And I don't think in the NFL, at the running back position, I mean, it's it's been devalued to the point because you, you can play guys in different roles. Mm-hmm. As dynamic as Coleman is, I think they probably look at the college ranks and say somewhere – on day two, maybe even early day three, we can find a complimentary back. So I think Tevin Coleman's going to have a chance to be a lead dog somewhere else,
0: not in Atlanta. Yeah. Next year is his last year. He's got this year. And then next year is his last year on his contract.
2: I am going to take the opposite view of this. Ooh. Okay. Um, as someone who lived in Atlanta, Atlanta native years, right here, I know the Falcons very well. Um, there was a situation last year with their cornerbacks where they signed the second cornerback, uh, first, Okay. And his name escapes me. Um, and I don't have the depth charts in front of me. And so everyone just thought, okay, well, what does that mean for, you know, for the number one guy and all that stuff? And everyone's like, okay, that must mean they're going to let him go. Well, they signed him too during, um, uh, you know, during the offseason. this has happened season. several times. Th- so it, it's one of those things too. where the Falcons do things differently. Like if they see a star in Coleman, you see what you guys are thinking, well, he's got an extension in he – being Freeman till 2022. Well, if Coleman is the real deal, and I think he is, I am the biggest Tevin Coleman fan in the world. The fact that the Lions passed on him two years ago because they thought, okay, well, Amir Abdullah, he, he still has upside, yada, yada, all that stuff. Um, to Tevin Coleman, to me, if he was a, a workhorse guy for another team, he would be getting something like 1,400, 1,500 yards and double-digit touchdowns. He's that good. So I think the Falcons, you guys got to look at it the other way. If Freeman... I'm sure Freeman has an out after two years. If Coleman is that good, they might just uh, drop uh, uh, Freeman if it comes to that. You know? But we're talking mm. about a group last year with uh, Kyle Shanahan as offensive coordinator that they combined for 2,482 total yards and something like 14 touchdowns. They are the best handcuffed running back yeah. duo out there. So if the receivers for Atlanta aren't that great,
1: why Why not just keep this thing going for another three, four years? I'm going to ask Scott Fish to draw on his Debbie experience. Uh, oh boy. Brian Hill mm-hmm. was kind of a popular, under-the-radar running back name floating around. He's a fifth-round pick of the Falcons. If they see anything from him in the preseason or anything in practice – does he fill the Tevin Coleman role as the, the complimentary back down the
0: road? He's going to have to prove a hell of a lot. Okay. To, to, <laughs> Cause Tevin Coleman has proved a lot in my opinion. So, uh, I don't. I don't know that. that <laughs> I guess we'll see over the course of the season because he will get snaps. He's the third rainback. Gets snaps. I
2: just like to say since people listen, they want to tweet me. Uh, obviously, Desmond Trufant was the guy who signed this year, and then Robert Alford was the cornerback that they signed last year for Atlanta. So I I knew their names. I just forgot temporarily. Gotcha. Uh, um, I want to play a game I with John here first. You guys are really underestimating Coleman. Coleman is the number one backup, and it's not even close. Like the, yeah. you cannot plug and play another guy.
1: Well, I don't uh, disagree, but I think his agent probably looks at that too and says, you know, what, what's it worth to you to keep me can, around? Can I say something right now? I don't no. think
2: Freeman's contract is that great. Like uh, you know, there's been talk about. Well, how come we don't have NBA salaries? And Odell is apparently going to get like what Calvin Johnson got. This wasn't that big. I thought, frankly, Freeman would get more. And the only way, and I know this has nothing to do with fantasy, the only way the running backs are going to get more than what they deserve Market-wise, is if they do the levy on Bell thing and they just do it from a year-to-year basis, because when you take a long-term contract, I didn't think forty-one and a half million was that big of a commitment for a guy that's that's basically, you know, a top-three, top-five running back.
0: And eight years ago, that I mean, that wouldn't have been. Yeah. That's crazy. We're that much farther along, and the prices just are staying somewhat low. All right. Uh, I wanted to play a game with John. All right, I'm ready. Huge Coleman fan over here. Where do you think Jay has him ranked?
1: Um, well, I would say he's got to have him as a, a low end RB two. So let's go 22, 13. Wow. PBR. 13. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. I mean, he would right. probably be 15 but, or 16. A lot yeah. of touchdowns you're, last are year. You, are you, are you buying him
0: at that touches. ADP or you're, you're, you're waiting on him at least you're not, you're not, No. Drafting here's him the, thing, in the I, round. I've
2: done, you know, I've, if people read our site, well, you know, our site will launch, but the getting on the inside stuff, uh, every mock i've done i can get coleman at six round and i'm gonna do it the only time i'm not doing it is the one i'm currently doing today i'm writing about because i'm going running back running back running back running back first four rounds and so i don't want the obligation of taking coleman in round six because i need to do other spots but uh yeah coleman if you can get him in round six unless you have a crazy strategy of going running back for the first four picks like i'm doing right now hypothetically you're Go for Coleman. He'll even probably be there at round seven. Uh, he will give you top fifteen value by the end of the season. You can bank on it.
0: Wow, that that's top 15. From an offense that yeah. lost. We, might, here's the deal. We I might Freeman, need a whiteboard bet but on three,
2: that. <laughs> like if you if we just start even Coleman Freeman for the next three years, I'm taking <laughs> Coleman's numbers better over Freeman. Okay.
1: Wow. That's uh, how much I believe. That's a long-term whiteboard yeah. bet.
2: Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna need. Let's, it. let's make that's it a one-year thing. one. I, the, the great thing about fantasy. Is that I'm not afraid to look like an idiot. I don't mind walking and plank. No, yeah, take and, your uh, shots. And if it's something I believe in, like Coleman, I'm I'm willing to die on that hill figuratively, not literally. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I believe in Coleman. If he was, if he was playing for the Lions, he would be
1: 1,500 yard candidate this year. <laughs> wow. And, and again, I think his agent's going to. Point that out to him and to the Falcons. So Play that we'll, audio. Listen we'll yeah. <laughs> to so, what Jay Clemens said on the Jay Clemens experience. And, yes, I am a Big Ten snob. I'll be back in Big Ten country, by No, the way. But, it'll uh, be when life but, gives yeah. you Clemens.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, our last talk, let's just do one more, and let's get out of here. The First Coast News, Mike K expects Leonard Fournette, Chris Ivory, and TJ Yeldon to split carries early on in the season. My My theory on this is he's – probably right because the Jags are the Jags and they don't know how to do anything properly. But what do you think, Jay?
2: I think it's a simple case of it looks great on paper. I'm a big T.J. Eldon fan in a PPR standpoint yeah. where I think he can com- you know, uh, consistently get five to six targets a game. What to me, when I read it, something like this, it tells me we're gonna be conservative on Fournette until he has his first monster game and then everyone's like, We gotta give him the ball. Like yeah. not 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 to do a lions thing and no one cared about fantasy in nineteen eighty. But the very first year I remember football when Billy Sims was a rookie, they're like, We're gonna bring him along slowly. We've got some backs that we like and we'll see what happens. Billy Sims had the greatest NFL debut in history, two hundred and seventeen total yards. Uh, three touchdowns, and after that, the entire game plan changed.
0: Yeah, it it happens all the time. The, the, it, it, we're Peterson. in Minnesota. Yeah, this, Chester you know? Adrian, Taylor was the starter.
2: Uh, Charge makes fun of Peterson's hands in terms yeah. of catching. Adrian Peterson's very first pass in the NFL was a little, I think, a little dump pass to the to the yep. flat, and he took it 52 yards yep. for a touchdown. That changed everything. You know.
0: Yep, and uh, the 200 uh, plus yard game against the Bears a couple weeks later. didn't yeah, If hurt only at all.
2: Al Davis knew. <laughs> That Adrian Peterson was that good. He never would have drafted uh, Jamarcus Russell number one or maybe he'd taken Calvin. You know, I worked for the Lions at the time. When Millen was the, the thing, they had the number two pick, he was like, I don't care who they, the Raiders take because we're taking either Adrian Peterson or Calvin. It's the easiest decision in the world. And I know Millen has been maligned for many things, but no one can fault him 10 years later for being dead on. Those were the two guys, Calvin and Adrian, and it didn't really matter.
1: Yeah. I, I remember there was, a, I believe, a Nike poster of the big rookies coming out or or to be it was a like a draft preview poster and they had five or six guys and i'm looking at going who is this defensive end or he's the biggest guy this group and it was peterson i'm like oh my god this guy's a running back oh oh i want him and i I remember sitting with my son on the couch waiting for the vikings who do we we want him to draft at oh we want him to take adrian peterson and and they did not
0: disappoint OK, so uh, I think that personally, Fournette's going to steal the job like like you're kind I don't of
2: steal. I think they're just conservatively. Yeah, they, they know what they have. They know what they have. You and, know?
1: you know, like, my theory on, on LSU so, pass catchers, yeah. I, I, we de- we haven't seen any buddy that caught the ball at LSU. No. But Odell Beckham Jr. can catch the football. Jarvis Landry can catch the football. Yep. They just didn't show it in college. I think there's a reasonable yeah. chance that Leonard Fournette just if, if you he watch. wasn't asked yeah, to catch Fournette the football does look like
0: he can catch the football. He we'll, we'll see though. Easily take the most take perplexing that thing job. in
2: college history, or at least the last ten years, how LSU can churn out talent <laughs> like that and yet cannot recruit right. a quarterback. It's it's insane.
0: That's so I'm I'm ranking Fournette based on basically saying he is the guy because <laughs> I have him at ten. Uh, I might be a couple spots too high. You have Fournette at twenty and twenty-one. I should have written I'll down. put it
2: to you this way. If Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott were in the same draft, I think I might have taken Fournette over Elliott. And I believe, obviously, year one proved that. Um, I don't mind saying that I probably would have picked Fournette over uh, Elliott in the pros as well.
1: Yeah, so. there, there's a, some situational things, but if – I wouldn't mind seeing that group thinned by one back by the start. Uh, you know, whether they, well, they the, v- that Ivory kick goal in, line podcast it, be because Ivory has there. the
2: biggest contract of the bunch. Yep. And frankly, uh, everything Ivory can do can either be done by Fournette or Yeldon. Yeah, Yeldon he You know, in a, in, a, in a low pressure situation. When I say low pressure, I mean as a backup, he can absolutely do stuff in the red zone between the 20s, and especially in the PPR on, on the passing end. Yeah, yeah, that would
1: certainly make me feel better. Right now, the the debate I've been having on my cheat sheet is, do I move Delvin Cook ahead of Fournette as the top rookie back on well, my sheet? But I, I think, think we
2: need a preseason game. Yeah. Here is the deal: we we're, we live in Minneapolis. Some of us live in New Hudson, Wisconsin. Uh, things <laughs> like that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that wait, just wait. Until that first preseason game, whether it happens this week or next week, where Cook does something and he doesn't have to have a hundred yards, but he gets like eighty yards on six carries, it's over after that in terms of our 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 ability to stay objective on this process.
0: Yeah, yeah and Chris Ivory does have an out after twenty seventeen where it'll cost them three million in dead cap, and they'll get rid know. of that. I that think you just se- answered your own question. Yeah. question, yeah, yeah, so. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's let's call it a day. This was a good show. Uh, thanks for listening to the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. We have at M-I-N, Minnesota, at M-I-N underscore J Clemens. That is correct. At j 2 V. That's right. And at Scottfish24 on Twitter. And follow our Twitter account, at Fanball. Are there
2: 23 other people in the world that have Scottfish in their Twitter handle?
0: I was a big Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, okay. fan growing <laughs> up. So... So that was my number in anything I did pretty much. Okay. So yeah, thanks for listening. Have a great day. I close my eyes Only for a moment and the moment's gone All my
2: dreams Pass before my eyes in curiosity just in the
1: wind Looks like we better put the KY wrestling on hold All for a while we are is a good in idea. the wind. But please don't beat yourself up over this thing, Mitch. It's not your fault. Damn it, Blue is old. That's what old people do—they die.
2: I'm sorry. All we are is dust in the wind.
0: you're my boy, Blue.